0: Okay, let's get started with Parsha Shoftim. Tushin Ayin Aleph. Back in Beit Shemesh, Eretz Yisrael, and uh, I want to thank Camp Cayley for the uh, the past uh, seven seven uh, Parsha shiram that we were able to broadcast from the uh, from the other side from Chutz uh, Laretz. But we are back in uh, Eretz Yisrael. Parsha Shoftim, first of the Parsha Shirim in the month of Elul, as we uh, start off uh, something related to the month of Elul, which a lot of the should talk about. Shoftim Kisavah, all the different parshiyas trying to find Ramazim in these Parshias that are always in elul um, in the different mitzvos that appear in the many many mitzvos that appear in all these, all of these parshias, there's so just one thought related the avodah Yisrael says in the in the sefer yadlo torah it's verse number one that we know the first pasuk says shoftim we shall appoint judges and guards in your gates so many of the bali Musr say that the judges and the guards are symbolic. It's a balik of something inside of us. We have to put guards, we have to put watchmen within our gates, within ourselves, especially at this time of year, as we have this first year on Motsoi Rosh Chodesh, right after Rosh Chodesh Elul, says the Avodah of Yisrael, HaParsha Azos Nikreis Tamid BeChodesh Elul Asher Chan Ho L'Kal Ish SheYashuv Labarro Venis L'Klo Mechat Asher Chata Kol Hashanah Elul is a special gift, as we know. We always prepare on Erev, before the day. erev Shabbos, Yochav Shabbos. the Gemara says. If we prepare on Erev Shabbos, on the 6th, then we're ready in the 7th. So Chazal says the same thing with the 6th month and the 7th month. Elul is the 6th month. the Chodesh Hashishi, they will be ready, Chodesh Hashvi'i, and Rosh Hashanah, that is only one month away from today. All right? So that's Tarach. that's what El is for. Elul is a gift for the Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us to be able to think about our year, think about the past 13 months as we have it this year and uh, everything that we have to uh, improve in all the areas that we have to improve in. We're able to um, ask forgiveness for all those actions that we've done throughout the year. Line four. We have to get to the truth of our conscience and face uh, in all honesty. And he says, maybe all of this is alluded to in the first Pasuk. What well, is the first Pasuk? Shoftim v'shotim, says the first Pasuk, V'chein line 8, line 9. V'chein yeshul adem al-asmo shoftim. What are the gu- judges? What are the guards? They're everything that is connecting ourselves to the outside world. Ha'inayim <shoftim> shalo. Ya yabito al-darko lefeles magal nativ. Our eyes. Our ears, our nose, our mouth. All of the marks of transition of our orifices to the outside world, that's what we have to guard, that's our shoftim v'shotrim. Are we have to be shofate, we have to judge our eyes. Are we seeing what we're supposed to be seeing? Are we eating what we're supposed to be eating? Are we saying what we're supposed to be saying? It's going in both directions. Right? The pez is, is what's going in and what's going out. And are we hearing what we're supposed to be hearing? That's what this time period, the, right away, right after Chodesh Elul, in all of our gates, as he quotes from the, from the Sefer HaYitzira, line 11, Zayin Chalalei HaGolgolas Haim Nechroim Sha'arim Lenefesh Kanoda. The seven openings of the skull are the gates to the soul Right, the ears, the eyes, the nose, and the mouth. The seven gates. That's what we have to focus on, on all of the actions and all of the behaviors that we do with our senses, with all of the parts of our body that are on our skull, our mouth, our eyes, our ears, our nose. We have to make sure that we are all in the proper vein and following the proper path as we head down this Chodesh Elul, as we head down this last month of Tavshin A'inav. Okay, that gets gets us started. Now let's get into some of the mitzvos of the... Of the parsh. Second pasik, let's go to, we spoke about the first pasik, let's go to the second pasik now. Do not twist judgment. Don't turn it, don't twist it. Do not recognize faces, literally, show favoritism, seemingly speaking to judges, but as we know, we judge each other all the time. So it applies to ourselves Oh, We shouldn't think that the first for many. Oh, these mishnayos in Perkei Avos. Oh, they're judges. They're not. They're not me. Now every mission in Perkei applies to each one of us. This too. We shouldn't show favoritism. And we shouldn't take a bribe. Why? A bribe blinds the eyes of the wise. It makes crooked. The Words of the Righteous. Two thoughts on this Pasuk. From the great Achronim. Two thoughts. One is first, it's from the Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim says, isn't it interesting that it's emphasized, it doesn't say that Shokha just blinds you. What does the Pasuk emphasize? Shokha yaver enecha chamim. It blinds even the eyes of the wise. And we can even relate this, obviously it's not just bribery, it definitely applies to bribery. Which is which is a real evil if someone's a judge. But it even applies to ourselves that we are we are subjective, we are biased when we try to view our own lives. Kiash were we're meshuchad, right? We're bribes. ki shuchad, right? The Mishnah says in Mesakh is negayim, but it's taken out of context. Ain't adam nige nigeatsmo. The halach is a person is not allowed to see their only their own negayim to decide if it's tsaraas or not. That's what the, that's what the phrase means. Ain't adam nige nigeatsmo. But it's taken out of context to mean we don't see our own faults. It's hard when we see the same exact way I've mentioned in the past. That the Gemara says in Messiah Shabbos that Allah we're going to be. Show, the Gemara says that if we're Don then Baruch will be Don Lukav's to us. How? So the Mepharshim explained, we're going to see our lives on somebody else. And Akkadish Baruch Hu is going to show it to us, and he's going to say, What do you think of this guy? We're going to see exactly our lives. And it's going to be somebody else who's the actor, and he's going to say, "What do you think?" So if we have become the type of people who are dalakav oh come on, you have to it's, look. He's busy. He's under pressure. He's busy. she has excuses. So then that's how we're going to be judged because we're going to we're going to pos- pos- in our own our own judgment. We're going to decide. But if we are the types of people that when it comes to ourselves, that's one. Level of judgment, but when it comes to others, there's a different uh, different uh, barometer. So then it's going to be a little different, a little more difficult. So says the says the Chaim. It says the says the, say the Bali Muslim, that's Ein Adam Roed nige Afsmol. So Shochan applies to us as well. So now let's see the Chavetz Chaim. So Chavetz Chaim asks, what is emphasized by Yaaver Ene Chachamim? That even the the eyes of the of the of the wise. Okay, even the eyes of the wise. That there's something deeper here. Says the Chavetz Chaim. Okay, there are two ideas. First, the Chavetz Chaim. Lemashar. Im Reuven Ademar al-Shimon. Chewish Ashir. Let's say we ask Reuven, is Shimon a rich guy? What's Shimon's financial bracket? Nuchal la'amod al-midaz ashul shal Shimon. Im Yivad al-lanu kama magia shal Reuven. Depending on what Reuven says, Shimon's rich, Shimon's not rich. What, will, we, will we know if Shimon's rich or not? Well, it all depends what Reuven is. If Rubain's very poor and he says Shimon is rich, doesn't tell us much about Shimon. If we know something more about Rubain, then what he says about Shimon's uh financial status would be more meaningful. It could be that Rubain is a destitute person. He has a hundred shekel, he's a rich person. Ulam, says the I right, remember Chavosheim lived the early uh, the early part of the 20th century. Me shehu shalami gizbar Otrosov shall Rothschild l'mashal. If somebody hears from the treasurer of Rothschild, right the, the agent of the of the estates of Rothschild, right up the, Barak Hashem back in Eretz Yisrael to talk about Rothschild and all of the right the Zichron Yaakov up north and the Rothschild Gardens l'mashal al shemochu is Ashir. So, if you hear from Van Rothschild Gilsbar that Shimon's a rich guy, you know Shimon must be a rich guy. If it's him talking. Even if he's a millionaire, it's going to be meaningless. So, it all depends on the speaker. The, the one who is being described, we don't really know. I can't get a true estimation and. And um, description, unless you know something about the describer. So that applies to riches and kesef. it also applies to wisdom. Right? If Ruvain says Shimon is is brilliant, so but what's Ru- what's Ruvain's IQ? Right? If if Ruvain gets twenties on tests. And he says about Shimon that he's brilliant. Maybe Shimon gets 60s. We have no idea, depending on what Reuben is. <speaking in Hebrew> if Reuben says someone is a goon, okay, then you know. I don't know why, whenever these Mishalim are given, it's always Reuben He's the He's the one that's, that's like Reuben and Shimon in Masechus Makis. Reuben is always the one that, that we choose. He, he merited Right? If he writes that somebody's a khacham, Or if we hear that the Rambam says, oh, he's somebody to be uh, to be connected to. Obviously, he is someone who is wise. So now says the Chafetz Chaim go one step further. If it's not only Rabbi Vegar, it's not only the Rambam, let's say it's Shlomo HaMelech himself, Ha Khachamikaladam, says that he is a wise person can't fathom, sure Yeshua, the type of wisdom that this person would be talking about. <laughs> if Shlomo ha gave you a haskama to your sefer, and right, we all have harav, agon, rashke, bahad, Shlomo hamelech. He gives us a haskama to, the, to, to my sefer. Right? And he says, right? Right? So then, Shaka Tawa Then yadu alo ki-chachmasa merubah ma'od. You not, it's, it's, the, the book would be a bestseller, automatically. Final step. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls somebody a Chacham, now what? You, you can't even fathom it. You can't even fathom what level of Chacham we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who has even greater Chacham than Moshe Rabbeinu. We can't even fathom it. And yet, That's the emphasis, the power of Chacham, says the Chavetz Chaim the whole build up to realize the power of not being able to be objective of not being able to to think of others if somebody gives us something and we can't judge properly the Gemaras of endemsepus discuss amoraim who all like their friends did something so minor for them and they already said that that uh, i can't right i, I can't uh, i can't be uh, i can't be fair can't be a judge So much I, mean, I was talking to somebody in the in camp a few weeks ago. It's call of war. It's call of war. So I was a judge in call of war. Right, so I didn't, they didn't ask me to judge anything. I was officially a judge, but they didn't. I guess they didn't bother me because uh, they were nice. But no, I was officially a judge in call of war. Even knowing that your own child is on a certain team, it, there's something in the recesses of one's brain, unless you have two kids on two different teams. That's fine. Say, so, But but if your kids are on the same team, it's unbelievable. I was happy I wasn't asked. But it's you think about it, Something, if it's if it's not in objective rules, ki ha-shokhad, ya'var chachamim, comes up all the time. But says the Chavetz Chaim, that's the power, the greatest of chachamim, that's the emphasis of the Torah, ki ha-shokhad, ya'var chachamim, ha-kadosh Baruch Hu is calling him a chacham And even that, ki ha-shokhad, ya'var eni chachamim. Me'at etzev ha-chashov, ma'kadosh Baruch Hu b'chod hu v'yatsmo, me'er al-adam shu chacham, as aza ein taklus v'gvul ha-chachbas, so it's infinite. V'yaf al-pikin, and still Shochad will blind his eyes it says here and what Chacham are we talking about one that HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls a Chacham that's the emphasis of the word chachamim. let's go back to the word Shochad for a minute what, is the word, what does the word Shochad mean? what does the word Shochad come from? Osiqach Shochad so Chazal tell us the Klei quotes it in source number three, first line, Amru Razal, Shehu Chad. Shochad means Shehu Chad, they become one. If I try to pass some money under the table to a judge, we're now one, we're connected. So he can't arbitrate properly and honestly because we're one. I'm one with him because I gave him something and therefore, that's Shochad. Ki That's what Chazal say. He can't see his own Chofa. says the klayakar, it's wonderful, it's Chazal, and obviously we have been about that. But it's not the if you read the Paschal, what is the word shochad describing? Is it describing the people? Ki does something to the Chachamim. According to Chazal, Shochad is a description of the situation of what happens to the people. But it says the Klayakur, there must be something deep, deeper here because in the Pasik, Shochad is describing the gift. Shochad It's not describing the the, the the people. It's describing the gift. Because the, the by the parties become one, so the bailam are consider right, So uh, what does that do with the money? The pasha's the Pashas, because that the shochat is the gift. So veneerally says the clayaka, I'll give a different shot. I'll get another level of interpretation. Shivan Panamatahura. Shehuchad, what is Shochad Shehuchad? Or he's even giving He's not even arguing on Chazal. He's arguing on Rashi. Rashi and the Rishonim say, what are the words Shehuchad means? We become one. But Chad also has another translation, says the Yakar, one of the great Darshanim of our history. Shehuchad, Chad means chidu, it means sharp. What is Shehuchad? Milashon barzel barzel yachad. Ki mamon domer lasakin mechudad ha-chotech meheira. Chad, it's like a knife. The money is like a knife that cuts. The called dayin tsarach matun shelo yachto chadin mehira, and a dayin has to be has to cut very slowly. Those are learning chulin now. It's like not like shechita, we now are not allowed to stop in the middle, right? That's uh, this is the, the problem of shehiya. But this is a dayin cutting the ju- cutting the judgment very slowly. Have a matun of a din ukashikiba la'shochad harehu yodei la'alto la'echen in dote. It's describing the money. It's sharp. It makes you cut so quickly. It's over. It's finished. The decision's made. The decision's made. The judge is even out of the picture. The Shochad is doing it all. That's sharp. Unbelievable. We're brainwashed by Rashi. And all the other him in a, in a good way. It's not a bad brainwash. But they say, Shehuchad is talking about the people involved. so the Kleyukah, play- okay, you can look at it differently. Shehuchad is going on the Kesef. It's sharp. It makes us make our decisions. We caught, we're finished. It's over. Shehuchad. It's sharp. Wherever we are, whether it's real Shochad circumstances that come up, or any case, we have to be so careful and try to be so objective. And if we, if we know it's a Shochad situation, we have to somehow recluse ourselves from the situation. And make sure that somebody else can make the decision. Somebody else can make the decision. A postik, if a postik has the same Shiloh his neighbor would give him. If he has his own Shiloh, right? So then, many times, it's always better to ask another of. Right? I can't make this decision because I know it's about my blank. You know, you just I I think this, but you tell me, right? Every every everybody who makes their own decisions has to do that. Shochat. Chavetz Chaim and the Klayakar. Okay. And there's so much in these parshias. Next week we'll have the most, most misvis. Shoftim is also up there. Let's continue though. Pasachah Pahalf. Lositavacha Asherah kol eitz. Eitz Hashem Asher loch. Pasach tells me, we're going to go to source number four in a minute. Don't plant an Asherah tree, an avodazara tree next to the mizbeach. I it was, it was, there's an amazing meshechachma uh, on this Pasach which I did not, I'm i not doing this year because there's a different Meshachachma that uh, there are a, no, a number of Yisodi Meshachachmas in the Parsha. So, B'Hashem, hopefully next year, two years, we'll do it. But uh, if you want to get a, a sneak preview, feel free to look at it. On Pasach HaVal. But Pasach HaVeis, V'lof sakim locha matzeva, asher al And do not build a matseva that your God hates. The Easter of building a matseva. Ask for Moshe Two questions. One Chazal already asked, and the other one is his own. Matzevas or Usser? You ever read Sefer Brachus? All the others built Right? Noah, Yaakov, they all built matzevas. Matzeva is a one stone that's basically a mizbeach, an altar. So, so what happened? Why were matzevas earlier loved in the eyes of Achadus barahu? And now not, you see. Rashi says it already. Asher sonay, Rashi says. I'll read it to you. Mizbach vanimu Mizbach adamatziva lasos. You could build a mizbach of stone or of earth. Azus sonay, but a matzeva, one stone. Hashem heis kichok ha'isal kananim. It was a chok a law for the kananim. The apa pisha ha'isa ahuvalo b'yemei ha'avos. Even though Rashi says it was a beloved act in the days of the avos. Now God hates it. Okay. Question one, what changed? Answer yes, Moshe, what changed? Why were Matzevas originally great and wonderful and allowed? And now they're not? Question two, asked Moshe. And this is his own. So why do we pull Matzevas by a kever? That's also a Matzeva. We even call it a Matzeva. Losakim <laughs> But we all build and all the different minhagim Rebikers. first Eger, first of Kivagar Kiv and Hilchas Avela says that the Minog in his day was to build, put up the Matsaiva, what we call unveiling, on the yard site, on the first yard site. Now there are a different minhagim In Eretisral, they try to do it very fast. Shiva, Shloshim, very fast. Khutzfarat's it's a little more time, depending when the when the family could come, whatever it is. Or Moshe says we all put matsevas for a kever. But I thought Matsavis are usar. What an obvious kasha. So, two questions. What what was the change in history? And why do we do matsevas for a kafir? Says Rav Moshe. Source number four. in Yani Yaakov. Okay, he asked the questions, we don't have to read that inside. He quotes Rashi. Line, line the, then the bottom of the first column. Daiti. What is a matseva? What's the Shorish of matseva? Hutzav, Standing, set. Says Ramosheh. I don't think so. That, that's, that would be a Vav, not a Vase. There's Matzeva with a Vase. Dekodah mat in Torah, shalohayu mchuyavin b'mitzvahs ha-yayachol adam al ha'avar. When everything in the Jewish religion was voluntary, before Maimon Ar-Sinai, then a person could turn around to God and say, look what I have done, please give me my schar. A person could look at the past, they didn't have to do anything. They could turn around to HaGadosh Baruch Hu and say, I don't have to do another thing tomorrow, nothing, but pay me for yesterday. Because I, I volunteered it, I did it. If I don't do another thing, I don't have to do anything. That's a matseva. A matseva is is a symbol of looking back, building a matseva, what's already set, looking back on what I've done, and saying, Give me what I deserve. Before Maimar Sinai, before Mount Torah, when everything was voluntary, it says in that was fine. Because you can look back, there was no chiyah to do anything. What's already done? Please give me what I deserve. But after Matad Torah, what? We're going to say, Hashem? Pay me? Well, you're not finished. You're not finished. Well you gonna pay you have to you have to pay, let's say somebody's fixing your shoes, and they did three they did half the shoe. You're gonna pay them for those shoes? No, finish the job. We all have a job that we're doing. We're all in the middle of the job. 120 years is the job. So we can't ask for anything. But we're What it's already set? No, it isn't. Right? The mokra the you can't stop now. Because they'll be punished. We're in a state of Chiv. That's why Matzev are our usher today. Because we can't look back and say, Okay, God, pay me for what I've done. Our job is not over. Our job is continuous. There's only one time when we can look back and say, It's done. The job has been completed. And that's at Akvura After have then we could build somebody a Matseva. Because then we could look back at their life and say, Baruch Hu, look at this wonderful life. Like the Passover Kohela says, Tov Yom hama, Tov Valdo. Because the day of, the day of death is greater in a sense than the mushel. My father likes to quote this mushal from the Medrish in, in Kohelas, that, like the boat that goes out to sea, when the boat goes out, nobody knows what's going to be. Is it going to be a successful journey? Is it going to capsize? Is it going to not come back? Is it going to get lost? So it's not such simcha. When the boat comes back into the sea after a successful journey, then you make a big party. Then you make a gala parade. It says, That's, that's, that's the matzeva. You can look back. says there Moshe, we built matzevas on a kevin. Because that's chutzav already. Tovim, Kol, The Yoter ain't Machuyav. The ain't Shayach Lakayim, there's nothing more to be Machayim. Tzarech oz, lahakim, matseva. Laharo's to show Shemiyat Yochor Raklitvo Aschhar, now there's only Schhar. Mimasha, Asla, Bachayev, Avuro, Begam, Lazakos, Laban of Achrov. Unbelievable. Ramosh's Tukash's gives us a whole new insight and symbol, symbolic nature of what's matseva, why we allow matseva in a base akvaris, even though no other matseva. Anywhere else. Okay, now we get to the Meshachachma. Okay, we can spend the whole shiur on this Meshachachma. We'll do what we can. Again, so one of the major, I've mentioned this many times in other shiurim, but I think this is the first time we're having a and parsha Parsha shoftim. I looked back, I don't think the past uh, two years we had one. Uh, So I think this is the first one. Uh, So in this context, obviously, we've never mentioned this Meshachachma. Meshachachma is defending a well-known shita of the Rambam. The Rambam, I did not give you the Rambam, I'll mention the Rambam outside. He mentions the Rambam in two lines, in the first two lines. Source 5. What is the Rambam Shita? This is based on the, just the five, related to the Pasik. The Pasik says later on in the Yaliyah, we have to listen to the Rabbanan, whatever they tell us to do. Pasik Yid Aleph. Do not turn from what the rabbis say right or left. The Rambam explains, even if you think what they're saying is you right, as you're left, Bechulu. Meshachach B'chut the Rambam. The Rambam is a well-known shita where he says a few times, both in Mishnah Torah um, and in um, elsewhere, al kol daver mi'debrech hachamim over below sasser. Says the Rambam, the Pazit tells me you have to listen to the Rabbis. And there's a mitzvah say daraisa and a mitzvah Los lo'osaseh. Lo'osaser. Sasur, do not turn away from the Rabbis. Listen kechol hasheh yarucha. The Rambam says, beferish Whenever I violate an Isser Darabonan, I automatically violate an Isser Darabonan. That's the Sheet of the Rambam. After all, the Torah, says, the Torah says you have to listen to the Rabbana. See, if I eat a chicken cheeseburger, I get an Isser Darabonan. I, chicken and milk is only Darabonan. So I get a Darabonan, but on my scorecard in Shemayim, I have an Isser Darabonan of chicken cheeseburger, but I have an Isser daraisa of saucer if I write with my left hand on Shabbos on purpose, and I'm a righty, is it Every time I do, if I carry in a karmelis, right? Well, for no, reason, every is it rabbanan? If I violate, is it That's the Rambam Shita, right? Well, no. The Ramban asks many questions on the Rambam. The one that is seems to be the most debilitating, though. Is what does the Rambam do with the principle of Safek Derabanan Lakula? We know there are two different rules. If I'm not sure about something and it's a Safek about a or Arisa, I'm not sure what to do. It has to be Machmir. If it's a Safek about a Deraabanan, I can be Meiko. Let's say I don't remember if I made a bracha on an orange. I'm eating an orange. I'm in the middle of eating it. I don't remember if I made a bracha. So you know what we say? No bracha. Safek brachas laHakel, which many say is based on Safek Derabanan Lakula. All brachas are De Derabanan. What if I don't remember if I benched or not? Then you got to bench again. Because that's a principle that comes up in many, many places. Savik Savik Ask the Ramban how does that principle exist according to the Ramban? Because the Ramban says every Ramban is a Daraisa. Every time I violate a Nisad Darabanan I violate a Nisad Daraisa. So, whether you ever have the principle, you never have a Saviq on It's always a Saviq Daraisa. If I'm not sure about something, it's a Saviq Daraisa. That's the Ramban's problem that for the past 800 years, the commentaries have been trying to defend the sheets of the Rambam. The Rambam knew this kasha. So, how do you defend the Rambam? Again, Every Durab, if you violate a Durabanon, you violate a That's the Rambam. The Rambam says, what do you do? What about Slavi Durabanon Lakula? So now, let's see the thesis of the Meshechachma. says the Meshechachma after answering this question. Line 9. Va'anochi offer I am dust under the feet of the Rambam. Omer, ki daiti Rambam. But I'm sorry to say, I think the Rambam's right. Let me explain. Ki ha-Torah, the Meshachachma, is about to tell us there are two types of laws. There are two types of laws. First, we're going to learn his Yesod, and then we're going to relate it to the Rambam. Let's learn his Yesod first. It says the Meshachachma, there are two very different types of laws. Torah laws and rabbinic laws. But we're going to talk about what the Yesod difference between them is. Ki ha ratzta. Asher Milvad in Yanim Baha lo'ad. besides for its own eternal laws. Stop there for a second. That's type one law. A Torah law is an eternal law. It's an eternal truth. It's not dependent on circumstance. It's not dependent on normative practice. It's not dependent on any society. If Hashem says something, if the Torah says something, it is a truism forever and ever. That is a din that is forever. That's law type one. It's inherently true. And the the content of the law is what's important. That's type one law. But then there's a second type law, rabbinic laws. What's rabbinic laws? There are temporary laws. Rabbinic laws. The rabbis will have the power to add on laws. And if a uh, 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 hundred years later, a, another bezim with the same authority thinks differently, they'll change it. so that not every Jew could say, well, I'm going to decide everything. There's a rule that you have to listen to the rabbis. But what's the nature of these types of laws? Laws, type two, rabbinic laws? It's not an inherent truth. It's not an ultimate, permanent, eternal din. It's a, what we would call a normative halacha. It controls behavior The important part of of listening to the rabbis is not what they said, but that they said it. It's not so important. what It is important what they said. But for forevermore, one rabbi can say this now, and 200 years from now, the Jewish people might have a different Sanhedrin that will say something else. And they'll interpret him differently 200 years later, and 200 years later, it'll keep changing. That's a function of uh, rabbinic law, law type two, which is a law that we must follow, not because it is inherently true, the content, but because the rabbi said it, and God wants us to listen to the rabbis. That's a very different type of law. The Meshachacham gives a mashal. I'm not going to read the whole thing to save time. The Meshachacham gives a mashal. Another area of halacha, but it really illustrates this point. And that is, he quotes on the bottom, line 38. Umatzanu dugmato... This week's So king. If the king comes over to me and says, um, Rosner, I want to build a highway through your backyard. Okay, I say no, and he says, Really? But I'm the king. And I say, I don't care. And then I, I, I might not even need hasra for this one. He can might tell his guards. Why? If the king wants to do something, that's the rights of the king. And if somebody is murdered then they're put to death. Chiyiv Misa. Why are they put to death? Because there's a din, an eternal truth, that there should be a highway through my backyard? No. But you have to listen to the king. The important part is not what the king said, but that the king said it. And the Dinamor of Bamachus illustrates to us, gives us an example. The important part is listening, but not the content of what was said. That's not what's eternal. But it's that we have to listen to the king. Says the Mashakma, go back now a few lines for a minute. Go back now. Line 34. God did not want to make the rabbinic laws eternal. Chicken and milk. Those weren't meant to be um, eternal. The important point is to listen to them. Not the details of what they said. So, again, take a step back. What did the tell us? Two different types of dinim. Dinim Darabonim and Dinim Daraisa. Dinim Daraisa, biblical laws, they're inherently true, they're true forever, eternally, unchanging, and we always have to listen to them no matter what. Because they are ultimately true. The Chachamim, why do we listen to the Chachamim? Not because this content is so important. It is important, obviously. I'm not saying that it's not important. But it's not that the content is important per se, but it's that we have to listen to what the Rabbanon say. That's what Hashem wants from us. With that background, says the Meshachachma, we can now come back to the Rambam. What was the Rambam? What did the Rambam say? The Rambam said, every time I violated Nisar the I also violated Nisar the that's true, says the Meshachach, but you know what? There's a big difference between violating a equals violating a Daraisa. But what about in a case of suffolk? In a case of doubt, everything changes in a case of doubt. Why? Let's say it outside first, then we'll see it inside his words. When we have a suffix about din type one, a din to said so it's a suffix about an inherent truth. It's a suffix about an eternal din. I got to be very scared in that case. I have to be very worried, and therefore I have to be machmir. But if it's a suffix about type 2, says the Meshechachma, others say this approach as well, but says the Meshechachma, if it's a doubt about a rabbinic law, it's a doubt about whether I have to listen to them. So you know what that is? The rabbis themselves built in that if it's in a doubt, You don't have to listen to them. That's not called violating the words of the rabbis. You can't say that about a did type 1. Because did type 1 is an inherent truth, an inherent MS, and therefore I have to be machmer. I have to make sure that I don't violate. But if it's a suffix about a rabbinic law, the rabbis themselves who created this law said, our law does not exist if you are in doubt if our law exists or not. So yes, if you did for sure, if you v'adai violated a darabanan, that turns into a daraisa. Because I didn't listen. Hashem wants me to listen to the rabbis. But the second that it's a case of doubt, Lakula, because that's a built-in heter. It's not even a heter. It was never usher in the first place. A built-in allowance that the rabbis give. That's what the meshachachma says in the in the continuation. what he says in the um, let's see where he. Um, line sixteen in the second column. Al basafik Arab, an example. Arab is darabanan. Imkain kivatcha inyan azeh ainu beprat rotsan abore. It's not that the content is important. It's a suffik about what Hashem said. Raksat siva lishmo and The ickar is to listen to them. So if I'm not sure if they said it in this case, that's not called not listening to them. V'kivatcha azeh lo dibru imkain lo nikra mi she'ina osa kain ainu umadu alo yemuter. It's all at root, the difference between biblical laws and rabbinical laws, he just throws in at the end, and with this we'll finish the Meshachachma, this fits in nicely, we're not going to read the whole thing, all the way at the end, of the next page, on page 6, is that it fits in nicely to a number of achronim who say, if I do an Avera de by accident, no tshuva is required. If I do what. Avera de Orysa by accident. I didn't know it was Shabbos and I violated after I have to bring a carbon kantas. Why do I have to bring a carbon? A, a I did it by accident. The answer is because I violated Hashem's word. I did it by accident. So I'm not killed, but I violated God's word, so I have to bring a carbon. There's tshuva that is required if I did an Avera from the Torah by accident. But if I did an Issudurabana by accident, what did I do? The whole point of the Rabanan are I didn't listen to the rabbis. Here it was an accident, so I didn't not listen to the rabbis. So I don't need any tshuva. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to say I'm sorry. I, I didn't do anything. There's nothing inherent about what I violated. That's what he quotes from the *Nesivus*. And the fifth to last line. Feel free to look up that *Nesivus*. It's *Himreishlam Adalid*. Okay, it's quoted there in *Suras* number seven as well. Okay, that was the largest piece of the evening. Meshachma, Now we continue. Let's go now to a, a later din which has come up a number of times already in the Torah. The end of Bamidbar came up in Matos, it came up in Masai. And that is, let's go to Perak Yutes, the beginning. Pasig base. Three more cities. Three more cities we have to make for the Are Miklat. Moshe Rabbeinu, we learn, made, separated, designated, the three on the east side of the Jordan, Avar Yardane, and then we have the three on the west side that B'nai Yisrael are going to do. Tachin l'cha haderech, prepare the way, vishilashta es g'vol Split into three, vishilashta es g'vol your borders. Asher Hashem So split it into three, meaning make sure it's all equidistant. Split into three. That's what Rashi says. Veshilas, that's Golartzacha. Sheyehei mitchilas Hagvul ad harishona shel ir miklat kishir mahalik she'iz b'menadashniya. Think of a map. We have the three arimiklat: north, middle, south. So there has to be equal distance between, between the northern border and the first year miklat, the first year miklat and the second year miklat, the second to the third, the third to the southern border. Fine. That's what Rashi says. Ask, I didn't give it to you inside. But the Aznayim LaTorah, where Saratskin and quotes the question from the Sifsech Achamim: if this is true that they have to be equidistant, how many sections are there? How many sections are there areas? The Shilash, there are four sections! The, the, the section of the, of the north, in between the border and the first ear, Miklat and then between the first and the second, between the second and the third, between the third and the southern border. Why does it say Vishilashta? We've read this passage a million times. Vishilashtah is split it into three. Split it into three, we're splitting it into four, we're not splitting it into three. That's the kashu, v'sifseh What is Vishilashta? Line five. Hikshah sifseh hachamim imkain. Ha'ariz mischalakaz lodal alchalakim. V'lamanoma Why does it say Vishilashta? And he goes, palitosvitz, try to come up with an answer says on Latar, unbelievably creative. You've got to be a real thinker to come up with, with, a, with a down-to-earth, what we would call a balabatish answer. Just a Pashan answer. It's a simple, straightforward, no-lambdis, straightforward answer. Understanding the, the practical implications of the realities on the ground. V'lulay demistafina, line 21, he says, let me explain to you. Hayisi omer Let me explain. Hayinu. If you live near the borders, in the north and the south, where would they run? Would they run to the Miklat? There's a much closer area of refuge for them to get to. And that's Arts. They could have just ran out of Israel. They'd have to run to the Eir Miklat they would run there. And even though they'll be amongst the Goyim, they won't be killed. They won't have to be stuck in the near Mikla for the rest of their lives till the Koen Godal dies. What if the Koen Godal is? 23 years old. So they would much rather run to Chuzlaretz. And as he says later on, and then amongst the non-Jewish authorities, they're not going to let somebody come and just kill you for no reason. It's not going to be ruled by Bazdin where they know you killed by accident and it's your fault not being in Yermiklat. No, you're in Chutzlaret. So if you're living within 50 pressos of the northern border or the southern border, you're not running to the closest Yermiklat. Umat Sinu. The The Goladam can run there, but he won't be able to kill him there because the non-Jewish authorities are in control there. And they're not going to let him come. The reason in Eretz Yisrael is because Bazdin will let the Goladam do whatever he wants. This is the rule. You run to the Yermiklat. If you're out of the Yermiklat... The Goladam could do whatever he wants to you. Only in the ear Mikla we protect you. But outside, it's the Nature. That's what he says. If you look, you skip for a minute to the last three lines of the second column. The Goladam Yor L'Nafsho, Lahargo Bamakam Shina Retzach Yadua. He'll be scared to kill you in a place where nobody knows about what happened. Yahargo so Yahyoshba, they'll kill him. Back to the first column. Umatsinu, line twenty seven, Benevium Kamamikrim. Shiban Israel Barchulu Chutzlaris Machpatzam. We find many times. People run to Chutzlarets. The Torah is not advising them to, but the Torah knows the reality. The Torah knows human nature. And if you're right near the border, no matter how much you love Yishem you love your life more. And therefore, you're going to run out. El Hashem Kazos they won't have to so says the azayim la torah take out the 50 parsos on the northern border and the 50 parsos on the southern border what are you left with three equidistant areas surrounding each of the Ari Mikvat. split it into three hakol next column 50 parsos to the north and to the south of each of the Ari Miklot. That is, that is what it is used for. It's four, because we have a Mesorah, 400 parsos is the whole north-south um, length of Eretz Yisrael. Take out the top 50, so there's 350, so you split it up, uh, 300. So each one services 100 parsos. 300 parsa you need for ari miklat. They don't need any ari miklat. And only the 300 in the middle. Only the 300 in the middle. Then he even adds that's why he said that there's a measure that says don't build the ari miklat on the svar, on the border, because you don't need them on the border. I'll just run, I quote on line 15. What's the Havamina The Havimina is because you might have thought instead of running out, the answer is no, no run out. It's a it's not, uh, it's not advised. That's the Zayim la Torah, the Shilash Okay. Once we were talking about running out of Eretz Yisrael, Chas let's talk about something about the uniqueness of Eretz Yisrael. Again, apropos to the first partial shear back in Eretz Yisrael for this, for this cycle something that might have bothered you in the past, and that is, if you look at Shishi in the Parsha, we have the source of the concept of Asagaz Gvol. Losasik sase Gvol Re'acha, asher Rishonim, do not trans, uh, trespass the border of your friend, the Gavlo Rishonim, that they have an Achalashka, in the Nachla that you have, Ba'aretz, asher Hashem L'kecha, nosem in the land that Hashem gave you. So Hasagah's goal nowadays is usually not talking about uh, moving fences. Hasagah's nowadays talking about pizza shops and, and, and other other related uh, types of types of issues. But the original concept of Hasagah's G'vol in the Torah is moving borders, moving borders. Lo tasik v'leachasha galari Rishonim. But what's difficult is the second half of the Pasik. Hasagah's does not seem to be or shouldn't be a mitzvah atuliyah Stealing? What does that have to do with Eretz Yisrael? And yet it says, If you look at Rashi, You push the simon back To expand your own. All right, it already says What is this teaching me? Oh, you get two Isurim. You get Gezel and you get Aslagaz Gvul. Rashi says, You might think even Chuzloriz you get two. No, Chuzloriz you only get one Avera. Gezel. Eretz Yisrael you get a Gvul. What does that do with Eretz Yisrael? Eretz Yisrael, this isn't the Ramban who says that every um, every mitzvah that we do is semi practice The Ramban in, in uh, last week's Parsha, two weeks ago's Parsha in Ekev. So well, what does that do with Eretz Yisrael? So a beautiful thought in the Torah Tmima. I saw this quote in Rabbi Lichman Sefer, but it's the Torah Tmima, source number nine, where he quotes, Tam Hadover Nirepashut. Mishum. Again, something specific about Hasagas Gvo and Eretz Israel. Did the Eretisrael Kolmasha Yeshla Adam Hushelo? Behechlet Ludorus Ludoridoros. If somebody has property in Israel, that's an eternal acquisition. Never going anywhere. That's the Dori Doris. Masha'enkein b'chutz la'aretz. Be'golos b'en ha'umos. People of palaces and Golos. Lo b'moso yikach ha'kol. Lo b'g'ula yikach ha'kol. It's not going with them. Be'en ha'umos. Ain li bekaka. What are What are we all going to do with our beautiful palaces when Mashiach comes? Nothing. They're going to stay there. Only the shuls are coming, right? The how the, the, the private houses are not. Okay, if they've done full of mitzvahs, but the mitzvahs will come. But the only eternal connection that we have is with Karka and Eretz Yisrael. Mamish, how can you call that it? a sagas It's not yours. It's not his. It's nobody's. In Eretz Yisrael, it's yours. So you trespass on somebody's property in Eretz Yisrael. That's trespassing. That's trespassing. In Chutzlaret, everything's Metaltolin. Nothing's Karka. Everything's Metaltolin in Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if this would apply to the halachas of Karka and in Exelos and all the other halachas of Babakama and Sukkah, but says the Torah Tamimah, that's, that's, a, that's a back pocket one to take with us. Right? The, only, um, the only real acquisitions are Karka and Eretz Yisrael. Oh. Okay, two more thoughts for the evening. Two more thoughts. Again, these have been quoted in other contexts, but uh, it is Pasha Shoftim, so it is deserving. One of the most difficult halachos in all of the world of halacha, but specifically in in, uh, Nezikin, is halacha that many are familiar with, and that is in Perek Yutes, Pasuk Yutes, 1919. The context of Edom Zomamin, Reuben and Shimon, Adem say, Reuben killed Shimon, and then the Adem said, You were with us, you couldn't have known about it. So, what is the halacha? We give the punishment to the witnesses what they wanted to give to the potential defendant, uviata Rami and you get out the evil from amongst you. Rashi quotes the, the Mishnah, the Mishnah in Machis, Kasher like they wanted to do, velo Kasher asa not if they have already succeeded. If Reuven already was put to death and then witnesses come and say, you couldn't have known about it, you were with us, then the Edom are not put to death. Mikan amru hargu eneheragin. If the person they testified about was already put to death, it's too late, we do not punish the witnesses. This is seemingly the most illogical halacha that we can think of. If they try to kill Reuven... And they lied about it. If they tried, then they're put to death. But if they succeeded, then they're off the hook. So ultimately it's Xerosh HaKasif. But the Rishonim and the achronim throughout the ages have tried to give some type of hezbur if they can. So I gave you two. There are more. I gave you two of the ideas of the Rishonim. One Rishon, one achron. Um, first the Ramban. The Ramban is source number 10. And this Ramban fits into his general Hashkafa, where he brings in... Um, well, you'll see. So he starts off by saying it's a I'm in source number 10. It's a Gzeros It's ultimately a Gzeros They're two and two. The whole din of is a Why should we believe the second two witnesses over the first two witnesses? But but why do we ultimately believe the second witnesses? Says the Ramban, on a deeper, more metaphysical level, it must be that Reuven has a schus that a Kaddish Baruch who knows about. And he doesn't want Reuven to be killed. If Reuven really deserved to die, Hashem wouldn't have allowed the second pair of witnesses to come in time. And on the flip side, if the Sanhedrin Godel, not the Sanhedrin Agado, if the Bezit of 23, 23 of the greatest rabbis of our generation, we're not talking about some, uh, 23 of the greatest rabbis of the generation, if they decide and put somebody to death, which hardly ever happened, once every seven years, once every 70 years, they put somebody to death, but if they ultimately put somebody to death, it must be the guy with Chayim Nisa, says the Rabban. If not for this act, maybe for a different act. If not for this Chol Shabbos, for a different Chol Shabbos, for a different uh, eating of something. Nara gruvi We must think that it was true. We assume that he died. Quoting the Benoslavchad. Slav etzadik Hashem wouldn't have let him die. Number one, Hashem wouldn't have let him die. Number two, Hashem would never have allowed the judges to cause such an avla. Again, we're talking about great Siddiqui Adar of 23. We, of course, and the Rambam would agree to this, we do not believe in rabbinic infallibility. We believe that Rabbanon and rabbis can make mistakes. The Gemara says the four people never sinned. Moshe Rabbeinu was not one of them. We believe that the greatest leaders can make mistakes. This is not talking about that. The Ramban is not arguing on that. But we're saying, if there is a bezdin of 23, and we know Elohim Nitzav Va'adas Kel, that the judges have Hashras HaShchina, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there in the bezdin with them, it's impossible, says the Ramban, that Hashem would have let this happen. That's the Ramban. HaShem so that's the Ramban again. Suggestion for Kasher Zomvul Asa. The guy must have been Chaim somewhere else, or the judges. He would not have let the judges let it happen. A second idea is put forth by the Kesef Mishnah. Rabbi Yosef Cairo himself it says the Kesef Mishnah, source eleven, based on a smog in a different context at the bottom of the page. The little letters. I'll read it. V'yevshal tam So let me explain. For the Ramban. It's kind of the opposite approach of the Ramban. What does the Ramban say? He must have deserved it. The judges would never have let it happen. The Kesan says, if they actually went through with it, then killing them isn't even going to bring them a kapara. What they did was so bad. Elahecha emishum the godol on Miniso. We don't even want to give them. We don't want to give them a chance to get kapara. Let God take care of them. Let God take care of them. Where the like, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna kill you. We're gonna let God take care of them. So it's just the opposite. What they did was so heinous, right? It was so terrible that we, we, punishing them, what's it gonna do? It's going, to, it's going to be a little bit. Dubbe, he quotes the dub, What does he get this from? He gets this from the smog. The smog, Savior Mrs. Gadol, explains another difficult halacha. There's halacha by Molech. Right? The Gemara said, Gimel. Molech is that if, Moloch, if you pass your children through fire, to the have a do you burn them, mamish, you just pass them through fire. But the Gemara says, if you pass some of your children through fire, you're Chayim Misa. But if you put oil to all your children through fire, you're Pater. Pater? Says the smog, you gave all your children, all your progeny, you have nothing left in life. You're, you're, too, you're too lost. We're not going to punish you because God's going to have to deal with you. Uh, we don't have the wherewithal to deal with you. Says the Mish, it's the same thing here. If you if they actually did it, then forget it. Forget it. It's not what Khershbraatha will take care of it. Kashazama kasher us. So, number one, the Ramban. Number two, the Kasemish. Finally, the last idea of the evening. One of my favorite. Really, in all the Torah. But, um, I've quoted this many times, but if you never heard it, here it is. Says the Pasik, the end of, of Shoftim. The halachis of Chosre me'orche hamochama. Going back from war. We know a Kohen gets up, a special appointed Kohen, and today's wrong, we're at war, and he says, whoever just got married, go home. And whoever just built a house didn't get to live in it, go home. And whoever built a vineyard didn't get to enjoy the fruits, go home. All these ptsurim. Why? Because we know they can't, they can't focus on the, on, the, on the war. They just got married. They didn't get to, didn't get to be home yet. So when of this right? The next week's part, next week's part, we'll have Shonari, Mitzvah of But this is already connected to it. But if you look, the Bali Musa point out, I've seen, I've seen this in many svarim, I gave it to you from one. But if you look at the psukim, there are nine extra words written in the Torah that could have been left out. Seemingly. Look in the Pesukim. What does the Pasik say? Pasik says in Pasik Hey, Chaf, Hey. If somebody built a house, Let him go home. Maybe he'll die in war. And what? The And somebody else will get to live in his house. Who cares if somebody else is going to live in his house? The Pesuk could have ended. He should go home. Maybe he'll die in war. Period. He's not going to be able to fight properly. Period. Next Pasuk. Whoever planted a vineyard for Yelafiash al Baso. Penyamas Ba Mochama? ye'chal Yaha'Lat. Maybe he'll die in war and somebody else will enjoy the fruits. Who cares about somebody else? Just say, maybe he'll die in war without enjoying his fruits, so go home. Next one. Somebody who is Ma'Ari Sanisha and didn't get to live with her yet. Yelafiasha Beiso. go home. Why? Penyamas Ba Mochama? ye'chal Yikokhana. What do you mean ish Just say Penyamas Ba Mokama. Nine extra words. Ish akher, visha, rashi. What does Rashi say? Rashi says a secret. Pasuk hey davar shel agmas nefesh huzeh. This is agmas nefesh. What's agmas nefesh? What's Rashi driving at? So many svarim quote the story. Rabbi Pelkovitz, in his in his uh, Sefer Table Talk quotes it without names, but I heard it about uh, Zelig. the Rav Simcha The Rav Simcha Zelig was uh, was the Dying and Brisk and there was a Shochit that came to him with a with a question about a cow and it's a question kosher tref, and after a long Dion, uh, he trade. you have to throw out the cow butchers a Ereshamayim he says okay he threw out the cow 600 ruble. unbelievable throw out the cow terror. okay he's a Ereshamayim he accepted the din three weeks later the same butcher comes with a din Torah about about nothing about uh, about a few cents a few what we call here grushim right about nothing. And, and he comes and there's a, a little sikhsuch and the Simchazel rules against this butcher again. And the butcher gets up in front of everybody and curses Rav Simchazel. Rav Chaim, who was there, stands up and throws the butcher out of the best. That's the story. Rav Simchazel turns to Rab Chaim and says, Rab Chaim, I don't understand. Three weeks ago, I traped up his cow for 600 ruble. He didn't say a word. And now it was, it was Nothing. And, and, he, and he got so angry at me. Was it cumulative? It's just the second time? It says, Reb no, it's obvious. In the first case, nobody else won. Nobody else wins. It doesn't hurt so much. It says, this one, he lost, but the other guy won. agamas Agmas Nefesh, Rashi says, What's the pain? V'ish'acher yikachena. That's the problem here. Not that they're only only—they're not going to be able to enjoy it, but they know that somebody else is going to enjoy it. Cesar by Pelkovitz, the first uh, line seven, as he falls in battle, it is this realization in his last moments which pains him the most. Not only will he not enjoy his new home, his vineyard or his bride, but someone else will. God in his infinite wisdom knows that such is the nature of man and the Torah therefore commands us to spare him the greatest of all heartbreaks. Kodesh Baruch understands how painful this is to us. We have to try to overcome it. We have to try to overcome it. But this is the mitzvah. Such a person is excused from battle for God understands the frailty of man and demonstrates his compassion by excusing these men from army service. By accepting these soldiers, the Torah demonstrates that it is a Torah, a Torah of loving kindness. He says at the end, the, 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 the last paragraph, do not test us. Right? We, we, we don't want to be in states of Nisyanos. This is one of them. Kodesh Baruch has on us. But the message for us is also we have to try to uh, not to get to so worked up about things. Even if it's human nature, sometimes we have to be we have to say we're Hasamech and, Yishach, somebody else wants to uh, wants to wants to, to, to be in my place, to have my vineyard, to have my uh, to my this. Sometimes we have to do that in our personal lives as well. Okay, we'll stop here. Baruch Hashem, it's wonderful to be back here in Eretz Yisroel, and we will continue. Baruch Hashem, uh, Baruch Hashem the the either tomorrow or next week. I'm not sure what day yet, but hopefully, now that the, the uh, kids are going back to school, we'll be able to start again the mitzvah year. Again, also on the onoyu.org a mitzvah every, uh, a day. Um, we're in the middle of Ayikra, but we will start that. Everybody feel free to, uh, to join us for that as well. Okay, we'll stop here.